Hello, how are you doing? Today is Freedom Day <laughs> here in the UK. It's I was just watching the briefing by the Prime Minister about all the implications of opening up here in the UK. It's Freedom Day. It's freedom from lockdown. You know the restrictions or the repercussions from. Uh, not wearing a mask, you don't have to do that anymore, and so that's what they're calling it today. But it comes with um, lots of words of caution. You know, the virus is still here, but for what it's worth, uh, it's a big change that's happened here in the UK. Uh, today is also Monday, and it's also really, really warm. While by UK standards, it's really, really warm today, and I guess. The question that's been on my mind is: Is it really that different from any other day? I mean, is, is it special? Is it different? You know, yes, we have all this freedom, but I do wonder. You know, how have we used today? Used that freedom? You know, to be honest, it just felt like a regular day. You know, um, and like any regular day, I guess you can make it special. You can. Use it to serve someone else. You can do something special with it. Make the most of the opportunity, or you know, you can just you know go through the motions and you know, you know, I'd work. You know, lots of you went to the office and you came back, and it's just a regular Monday, and you know, nothing wrong with that. But I guess what makes each and any day special or momentous is, I guess, what we do with it. You know, it's that response. You know how we make the most of the opportunities that are given to us, whether they're good or they're bad, uh, whether they're abundant like all this freedom, or you're restricted, like my friends back in Malaysia. You know you can't even leave the house. You know it's what you do with these opportunities and limitations that makes the day a special, memorable, momentous. Or even as you, you know, how you spend your time now. You know, is is this a good way to spend your time listening? Or watching this podcast, hmm, yeah, just just some thoughts in my head before we begin. Anyway, hello again, and welcome to the Daily Bible Reading Show. My name is Calvin. Uh, this is live today. This is from my home here in Cambridge. Uh, and every day, what I do is I read a chapter from the Bible. You know, sometimes more, sometimes less than a chapter, but I try to do it every day. I record it and I stick it on YouTube.、Uh, but today, today is a little bit different. You know, if you're one of the zero people who are watching this right now, <laughs> this is live.、Um, and thank you if you're watching it live or you're watching this on record. You know, thank you for joining me today.、Uh, in a few moments,、uh, the passage we're looking at today is Judges chapter two. Judges chapter two.、Um, and you know, usually I begin with a prayer, so that's what I'm going to do right now. Uh, Heavenly Father, help us to make the most of today. You know,、um, by responding to your word, you know, responding to your call to repentance, to place our trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ.、Um, he really is our God, our Savior, and you know, our days we want to live them for Him. So help us to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So again, hello. If you've just joined me, this is the Daily Bible Reading Show live.、Um, I haven't done this live for a while, and I just thought, you know, why not? <laughs> no, no particular reason.、Uh, by the way,、um, uh, if you're 
I don't know. If you just chanced upon this podcast, I just want to say that there are many other better ones. <laughs> In fact, yesterday I made a compilation on my Instagram about all the different podcasts and encouraging uh, Christian uh, YouTube channels that I know of. Um, I made a made a little video for each one, so you can see there are quite a few of them. I made an eleven part series of these different. Channels and podcasts that I listen to and I follow, and I think the main thing to say is just that it's very, very different. Each one is very unique. Each one, I think, has a different audience. So you have those with like um, this one has music videos and you know stuff on TikTok and you know um, some uh, some inspirational sayings and uh, interviews. That's uh, King Canvas. Uh, there, there are those which are more reflective. The pocket full podcast, I must say, is intentionally um, helpful for those who want to listen to something that's refreshing to the soul. Uh, the person who does this, I know he, he really is very, very careful with what he says and how he says it. So that's the pocket full podcast. Uh, by the way, I, I know every one of these uh, are from people I know. They're friends uh, from back home in Malaysia. A train of thought is by a really good guy who produces so much good stuff. Um, I don't know where he finds the time to do this, but not only does he produce all these podcasts, and also he does. I think he does some writing as well. Uh, but he really crafts it, so there's a lot of production quality to uh, each episode, and he tries to choose topics that. Um, he, he's much younger than me, so uh, so he's like half my age. So with people in his generation, he deals with topics that um, his friends are interested to talk about, and that's what he does. He gets his friends to come on the podcast and they talk about it, and he can, so you can see there are different guests for each podcast. Something that I wish that I could do rather than just me talking. But you know, there are all these other podcasts that you can go to and you can investigate as well. Uh, Ivan Ong, he he is one of the most authentic. A genuine persons I know who's also a pastor. I, I can't even imagine how effective he is with the people in his church. You know, there's a kind of respect that comes from people uh, who look at you and they see that you're being as you're being as authentic and as open as you want them to be. And so, what you respond then is just equally with that openness and that honesty that he has. Um, so he has a podcast as well, but here I'm highlighting all the stuff that he does in terms of dancing. And he, he does all these really, really cool and very, very popular, by the way, um, music videos where he does slow-mo dancing. I'm not sure what kind of dancing it is, but it's always on like slow-mo. It's a lot of hip hop. Um, it's very, very cool. Uh, and that's Ivan Ong. Uh, what else? Um, Ponder Podcast. Really, really good stuff as well. I, I've listened to every single episode of this, uh, dealing with topics and just very reflective as well in terms of it content. Uh, there's this. This is these are the big guns. This is Explain International. Um, a bunch of theologians who deal with all kinds of topics. You can see they have so many videos covering all kinds of theological topics. Each one is very meaty, uh, very well. Um, Debated. I mean, they actually invite people from across the fence, so people who disagree with them, to debate and discuss over the, these topics. I could never do that, but I really respect them for doing that, and so it's really, really engaging stuff. 
and, and again, you know, they're all so, so different from one another. Oh, I should mention as well, my favorite is Malaysian Christian memes. <laughs> you want to think of an avenue of encouragement memes. I mean, you, you immediately, you know, it's funny. Uh, you get what it's saying. And they use that as a vehicle to communicate um, teaching from the Bible. So they, I, I know that the person who does this, his primary aim is not to entertain. Uh, it's almost um, he does it as conservative as possible to teach real truths from the Bible. And he, he, he's trying to meet a real need. And so that's what, what drives them. And that's what um, kind of like inspired them to choose this as a medium using memes. So it's not just, that, oh, this is cool. It's going to get us a following. But that I think um, they started out with a following already. And they were trying to respond to the audience and what would reach them most effectively. So that's Malaysian Christian memes. And finally, what else have I left out? Um, so there's train of thought. Um, Monday evening uh, talks. Uh, these guys have their podcasts on Monday evenings. And, you know, if you had to choose a day to have a Bible study, to really uh, encourage people, to really help people to gather around each other and help one another, Monday evenings, you know, why not, right? You know, Monday evenings, everyone thinks you're busy or, you know, you just want to recover from Sunday. But that's when you go, bam, you know, you've just gone into the week and you really need something to keep you going. I think uh, they've just been very strategic and really, really purposeful in the platform and also just the day in which they choose to have their episodes released on Monday evenings. So I think that that's that just shows um, how much planning and thought goes into these different episodes and podcasts that you do. Um, yeah, Brandon Ho as well, a really, really well done, well produced series of interviews with probably the most interesting people in Malaysia. Um, uh, some of my favorite interviews are with uh, this, this lady, Hannah Yeo, who is a politician who is just so genuine, just so honest, and just so upright in her fight against injustice. Uh, also, another uh, person he interviewed was Miss Moy, who is one of the most respected, if not the most respected educator in Malaysia by her faithfulness. And it, it, you can tell during the interview as well, it's not just canned answers. You know, the answer is candid and openly as possible because they know it's just so rare to have this kind of platform to encourage others to, you know, live 100% all for Christ. In the workplace, you know, Hannah Yeo is a politician, Miss Moy is a teacher, she became a headmaster. Uh, but, you know, in whatever situation of life God puts you, be faithful with that, make the most of that, give glory to Jesus in that. So, yeah. So, again, the reason I mention this is because there are just so many ways for you to spend your time to be refreshed, to be reminded of the gospel and the goodness of God. And these are just, um, well, I was about to say few, but there are many, many ways in which you can do this. Um, they're all friends. They're all from Malaysia. I don't apologize for them. I'm really, really proud of that. And also just to mention that all of these sprung up just in the last 12 months or maybe even less. It's it's one of the results of the pandemic, the lockdown. You know, hey, um, There are so many things which are challenging over the last year. These are some of the really, really great things that have come out of those situations. You know, they have responded to it by thinking, how can I encourage others? What can I do with the time that I have now? And that's what they've done. 
and I find that really encouraging, really inspiring. Um, and you know, it's not easy. It's not easy to do these things, but they've done it. And I think, you know, I think they're going to see more. I think uh, what they've done is um, they've started this kind of domino effect. And I think more and more people are going to be inspired. They're going to see, hey, this is a good idea. Hopefully, many churches will see this as well. And you know. Not everything is perfect, of course, but we learn from each other's mistakes and we build one another up and we encourage each other to carry on. So, um, yeah, really commend these brothers and sisters to you. And, you know, if you are on the verge of doing something like this, um, well, I was about to say just do it, but that, that, that's not exactly maybe the next step. The next step is maybe just to um, just do it, but with the support of a good friend. You know, tell someone that you're thinking of doing something like this. And, uh, or maybe even, you know, if you're back in Malaysia, even better, you know, get in touch with one of these guys. You know, they're all just regular people. And um, uh, especially if they're close to your age group and you're close to your walk in life, um, you know, why not get in touch with them? Let them know um, that uh, you've been encouraged by them and um, maybe ask them directly whatever questions or words of advice they could have for you to get to that next step. Anyway, wh why did I bring this up? Uh, I just wanted to say that what I'm doing is not unique. You know, there are so many other options and avenues for you to be encouraged, especially to read your Bibles, to carry on faithfully in serving Jesus in whatever situation of life God has put you in. Uh, speaking of Malaysia, uh, I just wanted to start by looking at a few... Uh, <laughs> A few pieces of good news from back home. Uh, I actually read this every day. Uh, it's kind of trashy news, if I'm honest. It's not like proper, proper news. It's a mix of what's in the headlines, but also stuff that uh, is just encouraging and just uplifting in the news from back home in Malaysia. So this is says.com, S-A-Y-S.com. And uh, I haven't actually read this yet. I just picked out a few of the headlines. So this one says, family surprises kid with a fake hawker stall because he misses dining outside before MCO. And this is just so sweet. <laughs> uh, his mom has set up this kind of like hawker stall. Do you, do you know, guys know what that, what that means here in the UK? It's just um, um, food, food stall, you know, outdoor stall. And that's very, very common back home it's not just where you buy your food. It's you actually sit there on stools and you have your dinner there. But he hasn't been able to go out. The whole of Malaysia is in lockdown. So his parents uh, set up, you know, instead of just serving dinner at the dinner table, set up this, uh, the signage. And uh, maybe I think this is in there, you know, in driveway and set up some tables and set up the stall, you know, to recreate that outdoor atmosphere for this kid. You know, what a lucky kid he has and what a loving parents uh, they are. You know, and apparently, I think he has to buy the food. So what happens is they play a game and I guess it's something like Monopoly. There's like Monopoly money, something called Jutaria money. And he uses that after the game to buy his dinner. And so it's the whole experience of coming to the stall, choosing the food, exchanging the money, and then sitting outside and having his dinner. That's so fun. <laughs> Kadai maktok means, uh, means maktok shop. Yeah. And even has a fizzy drink. That's so cool. Oh, it looks like he's having some kind of pasta and with his fizzy drink. And <laughs> there he is paying for his food. That's just so sweet. 
So yeah, this is this is fun. This is wonderful. Or is it like, wow, they, how much effort is this? You know, this is the dessert and even has all the, the sweets and rambutans. Rambutans, uh, it's a hairy kind of fruit, which is really, really delicious. And also food on skewers. Oh, wow, they really went out, went all out. Oh, amazing. Okay, so that's uh, this family that set up a food stall for their kid who just misses going outdoors. Uh, the other bit of random news is this man he sends fan mail to Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC, while ordering online. The only way you can get your food uh, back in Malaysia, and especially in the city, is by ordering it online, and they deliver it to you. But you can, I think, send a review. Is that what he did? So he, can, he wants to get the best chicken part. So I guess he's trying to butter them up. And so he wrote this in the comment. And he says, thank you, KFC. It's got 5,000 plus shares. <laughs> well, let, let's see what he wrote. He says, if KFC has a million fans, I am one of them. Oh, it's in Malay. Sekiranya KFC mempunyai jutaan peminat, saya adalah salah seorang daripada mereka. If he has, uh, jika KFC mempunyai 10 peminat, he has only 10 I'm one of them as well. If he only has one, I am that one. Oh, that, that's, oh, that, <laughs> that's so funny. So if KFC had, has like a million, I'm one of them. If he has only 10, I'm one of them. If he has only one, I am the one. So he's saying, I am your number one fan. <laughs> oh, and he says, oh, if KFC did not have any fans, Tidak mempunyai peminat, itu bermakna saya tidak lagi berada di lembu. <laughs> what he says is, if ever you got to the point that KFC had zero fans, it means I'm dead. <laughs> I'm no longer on the earth. Jika dunia menentang KFC, saya menentang dunia, saya suka KFC sehingga nafas terakhir saya. Tolong kasih saya. Bahagian Thai <laughs> <laughs> so the whole point of this message is to say, I would like the thigh meat, please. So he builds up to this by saying, even if the whole world is against KFC, I will be against the world. You know, I, I will love KFC till my last breath. Please, can you give me the thigh? <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> it says, I almost cried when I opened the KFC box. Okay, they gave him all thighs. They gave him three pieces of thighs. Oh, isn't that great? I mean, it's going over the top in terms of praise. Um, but, you know, it, it shows how infectious that is and just how uplifting that can be. You know, someone who loves... KFC he loves it so much he, 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 he's willing to come up with this kind of composition of this praise and, and you know when you share that you, you almost share you know just the enthusiasm just the positivity that comes from it. I, you know I, I'm you know it makes me want to have fried chicken uh, I, I must say by the way no offense but the KFC back home is much better than the KFC here <laughs> you know KFC back home you need to realize this is a Muslim country uh, which also has people of different religions and different beliefs. You know, the Hindus, they can't have uh, beef. Uh, the Muslims, they can't have uh, certain kinds of meats. They can't have pork. 
And so KFC is one of the few eating places that everyone from every kind of background or religious belief, as long as they're not vegan, uh, they can actually sit down and share it together. And so KFC is really, really big. People take their KFC really seriously back home. There is just higher quality control back home. There's this big franchise that runs every single KFC in the whole country. Here it's like, you know, it's like, you know, different, you know, just one KFC in the entire Cambridge. There's only one. But back home, you know, every street corner, every shopping mall has a KFC, multiple KFC sometimes. And they're usually huge with big seating areas. Um, but yeah, um, this guy really loves his KFC. Oh, I miss, I miss the KFC. It's cheesy popcorn bowl, popcorn bowl. Oh, that looks so good. That looks so, so good. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so fun. Oh, wow. Okay. What, what I, 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 by the way, I just opened up all these tabs, um, before this, I haven't actually looked at them. So this is, ah, yes, yes. So this is KVBC. So what's this? Um, Clang Valley Bible Conference. Now, uh, I know some of you are going, oh, Bible Conference, whatever. This is so good. I must say, um, I only chanced upon the Q&A section today. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe I, I missed it or something. But it's just, um, well, you know, the conference is they have a speaker, gives a talk, and that's it, you know, and, and that's the end of it. But in addition to that, and I didn't, and I didn't know that, that this happened, they actually had a Q&A where people could ask any kinds of questions. And I thought the person who answered the questions, who was the speaker, this guy named Stuart Colton, you know, didn't just such a wise, it was like your grandpa answering your questions in a very wise, very full, you know, all the answers he gave were just made sense. They all came from the Bible, but very, very gracious way. So like one of the questions uh, that really struck me was, how do you talk to someone who does, doesn't get that, you know, on the one hand, yes, they're going down the wrong path. They don't get that. But they think that the difficulties they're facing, oh, is, is people persecuting me? It makes them all determined, all the more to go down that path. And how do you communicate to them that, Maybe it's not so much God testing you, but God turning you away from that path, almost God rebuking you, and they just don't get it. And um, I, I, I really appreciated his answer. He was saying, you know, um, and uh, I'm paraphrasing here, you know, check it out for yourself, you know, KVBC, this is on YouTube, just Google that, you'll find it. He essentially said that, you know, I tried to see if there's any way in which I've been stubborn. And, you know, I, I usually invite that person to point out something of uh, my own failings. And he says, therefore, you know, if I am able to genuinely see reason in that, you know, then I think that kind of influence, that he, he, he calls it that soft approach. He finds that that is much more effective than just saying, hey, why are you so stubborn? You should listen to reason, you know, and you're just going down the wrong path. He says, you know, actually, my repentance will influence their repentance. I'm paraphrasing, he didn't say that, but I found that just so refreshing, just so uh, grandfatherly. Again, he is a grandfather, he is retired, he used to be this principal, but it comes, you can tell that he's had this question before. He's probably thinking of a real situation, a real person, he's given this advice before. And there's a difference between someone who's not just giving you that academic answer. And so I really, really love this. I, I just listened to it in the background today as I was working, I just listened to it. It's like, wow, you know, very, very helpful 
just just so clear, just so, um, and he answers the question directly. So that that's what I really appreciated. Yeah. Hmm. Let's see. Hmm. <laughs> ha All right. Okay. Sorry. Just checking some messages. Uh, what else is there? Okay. I think that's it. That's it. Um, in terms of the introduction, it's really long today. Uh, what time is it? Oh, twenty plus minutes of <laughs> random talk. But that I, you know, that's the point of having these live streams. I think. Um, you know, compare it to one of those videos where it's just beginning to end, just one piece of content. This is much more of a chat. You know, in back home in Malaysia, we call it kopitiam time. You know, you'd be sitting in the coffee shop kopitiam, and you'd be sitting on the bench, and you'd like be like, you know, just chatting with one another. And this is uh, me doing that with you, or with no one. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Daily Bible Reading Show. Every day we look at one passage from Scripture. Today we're looking at Judges chapter 2. Um, yeah, let's look at, look at this passage uh, together. Um, we didn't look at Judges chapter 1 yesterday, so hopefully there's enough of a context to help us to understand what's going on, even though we we're beginning with chapter 2. Uh, I'm going to pray again and ask for God's help. Uh, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is, you know, powerfully speaking to us even right now. You know, and please do that. You know, please do that through the words of Judges chapter 2. Uh, for what it's worth, please use this podcast to do that. And, you know, whatever we hear, we just want to take it in and respond to that. You know, if it's something that's really hard to understand and hard to accept, you know, help us with that, soften our hearts. But maybe it's the things which are obvious, which are simple, which we get. You know, that's the thing that we really need help with so that, you know, we, 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 we do something with that. We respond to it immediately and not put it off. So help me to do that. Help whoever is listening to do that as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is Judges chapter 2. You're going to see how long it is. Let's see, by the way, can you actually see my screen? Yeah, okay. Let's see how long this is. Um, it's, it's okay. It's okay. 23 verses. Judges chapter 2. Now the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim, Bochim, Bochim. And he said, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you into the land that I swore to give to your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you and you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall break down their altars. But you have not obeyed my voice. What is this you've done? So now I say, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall become thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare to your trap. You know, as soon as the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the people of Israel, the people lifted up their voices and wept. Ah! And they called the name of that place Bochim or Bochim, and they sacrificed there to the Lord. Let's see what the footnote says. Bochim means weepers. So it's a place of weeping, crying, because God has said, because you didn't obey me, obey my covenant, uh, in, I think, destroying all these altars. You know, that, that's why it's referring to driving them out. Um, therefore, the people who remain in the land will become like thorns that just poke you in the side, and there'll be a trap for you. It's, um, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I don't know why they're crying. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, and I don't, don't mean because it's bad, but I, 
I don't re I don't think they understand just how serious their sin is yet. Because let's see, if we go back to chapter one, chapter one is essentially all the different tribes going to different parts of the land and trying to take over, take over, take over. So they're trying to take over the different parts of the land. But what you find is that they're not successful. So they go through the different uh, tribes. Now, I haven't, I haven't read this yet. This has been years since I looked at this. But if I'm not mistaken, they go through the different tribes. So you have like Judah here. And Judah, of course, you have to have Caleb. And Caleb, he's like the hero in this this 80-plus-year-old guy. Is it, was he 85 or something like that? And he's like really wanted to take over the land. And he, he's really inspiring. So he start with Judah. And they're doing really, really well. But I think um, as we progress on throughout the other tribes, there you go. So but Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites. You start to see that tribes by tribes, they start to lose heart. They don't actually uh, clear out the land. So verse 28, when Israel grew strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not drive them out. Ephraim did not drive them out. Zebulun did not drive them out. So one by one, he goes through the list of tribes who did not obey God, who weren't successful in taking over the land, but allowed uh, people who worship other gods to remain there, and therefore they were they were susceptible to their influence. So I think that's uh, where we pick up from in Judges chapter two, where God actually sends His angel down to say, "Aha, uh -huh, you guys have not been diligent, have not been." serious about this task that was in front of you and now there are going to be repercussions you know you know, you know i can't help <laughs> but think of like COVID. you know it's almost like you get almost there but then you leave a little bit behind you know you only need a few cases for there to be many cases and so that's kind of the case here where um, all these inhabitants of the land will now become a snare to them so yeah and they cry, and I think they feel bad. But you have to be suspicious of their emotion and their response. You know, do they really get how serious a problem this is going to be? Let's pick up from verse 6. When Joshua dismissed the people, the people of Israel went each to his inheritance to take possession of the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110 years. And they buried him within the boundaries of his inheritance in Timnah-Herez, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of, oops, yeah, let me turn it off, north of, uh, where, where am I? Um, hill country, north of the mountain of Gash. Gash, that's an interesting name for a mountain. And all the generations also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. Ah, so this generation arose after Joshua, after the leaders after Joshua. And this generation therefore had forgotten everything that Joshua did, everything that God did and bringing them into the land. And that's a very sad, very dangerous situation where, you know, they're starting afresh, but without the benefit of hindsight, 
you know, they've forgotten all the good things and all the amazing things that God had done to bring them to the point where they are. Um, I was, um, I was uh, reading earlier on, I don't have the link here, but I just came across this article from Salt and Light Singapore of this pastor who said that he almost quit uh, when his teenage daughter went off the rails. And he was saying, you know, he felt like a hypocrite. You know, he, they tried everything and their daughter for a really, really long time just did not respond and did everything she could to rebel against God, rebel against her parents. And he felt, you know, I, I, you know, how can I leave God's people, God's family when my own family is just broken down? Well, it for one thing, it just shows how much integrity he had that he was willing to do that. He, I think he didn't. I think his church uh, dissuaded him from doing that. And you can tell from the photo. I didn't read the whole article, but he's he's quite old now. I think his uh, his daughter is grown up, and by God's grace, you know, I think things were patched up. Uh, but you know that kind of point of doubt and that kind of crisis of faith that a pastor, a genuine Christian, goes through because the next generation abandons God. You know that's real, and that's really heartbreaking. And I guess that's the kind of situation you have here. You know, after everything that God has done, they forgot. After everything that Joshua did, you know, you think of the best pastor that you could have in your I mean, someone who had the integrity and had the capability, the, the, the charisma of Joshua, even having a pastor like that could not stop this flow of apostasy, of this kind of flow of people just forgetting about God. And I guess, you know, you can be Joshua and that can happen to your kids. You can be the best pastor, the best, most faithful leader, and you do all your job. You yourself live faithfully before God. You know, it's no guarantee that the next generation uh, does not abandon God, you know. And it, it's, it's scary and it can be depressing because you can spend your whole life building this ministry, helping people to really come to grips with God for themselves. And to see it all go away, you know, that can be discouraging. But I think there is something humbling about that, that from beginning to end, this is all God's work. And from beginning to end, you know, God always reveals himself afresh to each new person, to each new generation. And I think that's the kind of challenge that we see here in, uh, I was about to say Joshua, Judges. You know, at the end of Joshua's life, Judges, that God needs to reveal himself again and again to these people so that they encounter him afresh, so that they respond to him on in that real relationship between themselves uh, and themselves. God, how, how, I didn't say that correctly. Um, that they have their own relationship with God. It's not their father-mother's relationship with God, but they need to build this real, genuine relationship that they have with God themselves. And I think that's, that's an encouraging thing to come out of this kind of like dark situation of them forgetting God. Let, let's move on, verse 11. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them and bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. Ashtaroth. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he gave them over to plunderers who plundered 
them, and he sold them into the hand of their surrounding enemies, so that they could no longer withstand their enemies. Whenever they marched out, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm, and the Lord had warned, as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were in terrible distress. So these are the repercussions then of them abandoning God. God abandons them, and God actually sends these plunderers, these enemies, essentially to punish them, to to plunder. I, I think there's something intentional about this plunderer. It's not just punish them or make life difficult for them. But essentially, you plunder something by stealing something. Essentially, it took away what they had in terms of the land, in terms of the blessing. To realize that all these things came from God. So you, sometimes you don't realize you have something of value until you lose it. And that's what the situation was here. God sent people who took away their blessings. And then he gave them into the hands of their enemies. And they lost. You know, they, they lost themselves to these enemies. They couldn't withstand them. And whenever they tried to fight back, God was against them. Now, that's a scary thing. You know, whereby you, you try to deal with the situation on your own strength, but you find that you're going against God. You know, God was against them as the Lord had warned and the Lord had sworn to them. He says, and I warn you I do this, and I say, I will definitely do this. You know, God swears that this will happen. And therefore, it's just recognizing the times of God's discipline and punishment over our sin. I think it's meant to be a wake-up call. They don't realize that they're doing this. They don't realize that um, their uh, rebellion has repercussions. And the repercussions helps them to repent, helps them to recognize what they have done. Verse 16, Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the land of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they whored after other gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord, and they did not do so. Uh, whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he saved them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who afflicted and oppressed them. But whenever the judge died, they turned back and were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods, serving them and bowing down to them. They did not drop any of their practices or their stubborn ways. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And he said, because this people have transgressed my covenant, that I've commanded their fathers and have not obeyed my voice, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations that Joshua left when he died in order to test Israel by them, whether they will take care to walk in the way of the Lord as their fathers did or not. So the Lord left those nations not driving them out quickly as he did not give them into the hand of Joshua and he did not give them into the hand of Joshua. So interesting that God actually saved them only to let them be oppressed again. Why is that? So God saved them by raising them all these judges. And by judges, it's not just the person with a gavel and a wig. No, the judges were essentially mini saviors that God would raise up again and again and again to save them from the trouble, trouble, trouble. 
but they didn't listen to the judges, they didn't listen to God, and whenever they were saved, they turned back to idolatry. And you know, it shows that God is still good. You know, whenever there was trouble for them, God was still moved to pity because of their groaning and because of their affliction, because of their affliction, oppression. You know, God still has pity on the people who rebel against Him, but they refuse to repent. It says that whenever the judge died, they turned back and were more corrupt. You know, whenever um, that time of relief came, you think of, um, and you've seen this before, you know, people who were in trouble and then were saved. And then when they were in trouble, they say, oh, you know, God, please help me. And oh, when, when you save me, I'll commit to you and I'll follow you. And the moment they are saved, you know, they, they turn their backs on God. That happens. You know, uh, I've done that. You know, um, I think many of us, you know, when we're in trouble, when we, you know, we cry out to God, but then we so easily forget once that trouble leaves us. And, you know, whether it's a sickness, whether it's a situation, whether it's a relationship, you know, it's only during the times when you're in trouble that we cry out to God. And once God actually is faithful and merciful and has pity on us and lifts us out from that situation, you know, do we still then, um, well, maintain that gaze upon God and that call upon Him and Him alone? Or do we turn to other gods and you know, going after them, serving them, bowing down to them? That's what they did. Uh, that seems to be the diagnosis on us as well. I think that's what we do. That's what our generation does. That's what our hearts do. We are fickle in terms of our devotion and love for God and for one another. You know, that's why it's such a challenging thing, not just to love in terms of that emotive, reactive response. And, oh, I love you. I love this this dish or whatever. And, and this is rice with uh, vegetables and corn. <laughs> corn eggs. It's so weird. It's actually corn, but shaped like eggs. It's all vegetarian. It's not very lovable. But, you know, if you loved it, you went, oh, wow, this is so fantastic. But then after we get bored of it, and you find something else. That's the kind of love we have. But faithful love, persevering love, means that the love grows and rejoices all the more, not just when times are bad, but especially when times are good. So yeah, um, so as a result, God says, I will leave these nations around. You know, it's almost as a reminder and almost as a call to repentance. All these nations, to snare them, to trap them, to cause them, to reflect again on why it is they need to turn to God again and again. And yeah, so it, I think this is just kind of like introduction to the whole book of Judges. And you find these cycles of trouble and salvation and then um, temporary repentance. But then the moment the judges dies, they sink back into trouble and idolatry and they cry out to God again. And God sends another savior and then they forget and they get into trouble again and all these cycles that just get worse and worse and worse over time um, and that's kind of like a good summary of the book of Judges uh, but also to say it just gets worse as well you know these cycles go sink deeper and deeper and deeper such that when you get to the end of the book of Judges it's really really horrible by the way the uh, Judges is not very um, PG <laughs> uh, there, there are lots of very very violent pictures very very disturbing pictures of what it means to sin against God and sin against one another. Yeah, so yeah, uh, just a brief look at Judges chapter 2. Uh, just to say that many years ago, I actually did, um, I think 
write a series of articles from the Book of Judges. Um, I might actually record this separately. I haven't read this yet, but um, it's called God Has No Grandchildren. Um, let me just see what I wrote. Long this, this was a long time ago, 2011, 10 years ago, my goodness. <laughs> um, God Has No Grandchildren. Um, uh, your relationship with God is personal just because your dad is a Christian, your mom is a Christian, your husband and wife is an elder or a deacon and an organist in a church. That does not make you a Christian in any way whatsoever. You become a Christian by trusting personally in Jesus as your God and Savior and in so doing, becoming a child of God. My goodness, that's so wordy. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't speak like that anymore, um, but you know, I used to write all these things that no one reads. Um, but it's helpful. It's helpful to have a record of what I used to think. Um, hopefully I still agree. Um, what, what do I say about the last bit? Actually, that, that's what I'm curious about. Um, Judges 2 reminds us that each generation has its own unique challenges and circumstances, but also that God's word is timeless. The lessons from culture may be important, especially imparting wisdom and values to the next generation, but the gospel comes first. If we truly want to prepare the second generation in the Chinese church for the inevitable new challenges and opportunities in the gospel, we must always put the gospel first. Okay, all right. Mm, okay. Yeah, okay, so that's Judges chapter 2. Let me just pray to end. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you that uh, this message is timeless, but also comes to us again and again. And it's the same message of Jesus. He is Lord. He died for our sins. He is our Savior. He'll come back again to judge the living and the dead. But that we have this opportunity to hear it again, to speak it again, and to trust it again and again and again. Thank you that, you know, it is you working in our hearts to hear, to respond, to trust. And please do this through the gospel, through the goodness of the salvation in Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So that was the Daily Bible Reading Show uh, for today, looking at Judges chapter 2. This is, again, live. Uh, if you're watching it, now it's live. No one is. Uh, but if you're not, yeah, this, is in the, this was recorded live. So all the ums and ahs and all the disasters, those who are in the recording as well. Uh, oh, oh, just to, before we go, just want to mention Andy's Cafe is a cafe <laughs> it's it's for international students who are in cambridge if you're an international student or you know someone who is this is such a great way uh, to practice your english to meet with other christians to make new friends here in cambridge they're meeting in christ church which is just near the grafton center and tonight i think they're having tonight monday uh tonight 19 of july 8 to 10 30 they're having international snacks. So you can bring a snack or you can enjoy what someone else has brought. Uh, and they are some of the most friendliest, uh, fun-loving people, really genuine people I know. Really do check them out. Uh, uh, um, yeah, and check out their uh, Instagram page as well. They have all the programs of what they're doing. I think it's not every day, but I think it might be Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And it's only for a few weeks. Um, yeah, so please do check them out. There's like programs of all the stuff they're doing. There's international snacks. There's cultural night. That's always fun. There's games night uh, on Friday. So this is Andy's Cafe. It's at um, uh, Christchurch, uh, Cambridge. And I think they're there Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. 
Um, they also have stuff. I think they also play like volleyball in the afternoons. This is in Parker's piece. And this is, th these are all photos of, of the actual game that they have. And here are all the volunteers as well. Look at all the smiles. I mean, it's fun. I mean, if you want to, how, how else are going to meet, meet friends now, now, right? I mean, this and, you know, um, free snacks as well. Why not? So Andy's Cafe, please do check them out. And yep, so that's today. That's the Daily Bible Reading Show. I'm going to get back to my um, okay-ish dinner. Uh, hope you're having a good evening as well, a good Monday. Thank you for joining me. Take care and God bless. Bye-bye.